0: 25th best shuffleboarder in Chicago.
1: And I don't even know if it's pronounced bona fide or bona fide, and I don't care, because I don't have to.
2: The worst part is I think I know what you're talking about. It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast where we help you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm Maddie Stratton and co-hosting with me, Trevor Hess, Bridget Krumhout, and Joel LeHay. So it's the end of 2018. It's time to wrap up this year thinking about what we learned, what we didn't learn, what we liked, what we didn't like, and mostly just have Joe be a host as he is once a year. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Chef is a community of professionals practicing DevOps every day. We are making, proving, learning, and shaping the future. We are known for welcoming, encouraging, and liberating others to do the same. We do not talk about change. We do change. Join the community and learn about our solutions at chef.io.
2: This episode is brought to you by Datadog, a monitoring tool that helps bridge the gap between operations and dev teams. Datadog brings together system metrics, changes, alerts, and events from over 120 common infrastructure tools, such as Chef, Docker, and AWS, so that dev and ops teams share their key data and alerts in a single place and collaborate on issues in real time. Datadog is available for a free 14-day trial at ArrestedDevOps.com Datadog. The worst time to learn about incident response is during an incident. Don't wait for an outage to strike before getting started. The PagerDuty Instant Response Training Course is now open source and free for everyone at response.pagerduty.com. Based on the same training that PagerDuty employees go through, this course will show you how to streamline your incident response process, turn chaos into calm, and demonstrate the role of an incident commander. So what are you waiting for? Go to response.pagerduty.com today and check it out.
3: The worst thing about the Arrested DevOps podcast is when it ends. You're left wondering what to do next. What are you going to listen to on your commute home? How do you occupy your time when walking the dog? What are you going to listen to during the quarterly all-hands meeting? But fear not, dear listener. There is a solution. You need to subscribe to Software Defined Talk right now. It's a weekly podcast that recaps all the news in cloud computing, DevOps, and enterprise software. The hosts, Kote, Matt Ray, and Brandon Wichard, will keep you up to date on all things cloud while offering tips on how to optimize your Costco haul and how to PowerPoint. It's a fun, free-flowing conversation that will keep you entertained and informed. What are you waiting for? Subscribe to the podcast today by visiting softwaredefinedtalk.com or by searching for software-defined talk in your favorite podcast app. So, 2018 was a thing that happened, um, and we're going to talk about some stuff and
2: also some
1: <laughs> Are we going to talk about how 2018 has been going on forever?
2: Forever. Yeah. How well, 2018 is a race condition?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't believe 2018 ever had a starting point or yeah. possibly an ending point. We'll it see. It
2: definitely does. There's no exit to the loop.
3: Yeah. So... So we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to kind of, kind of go back and talk about some of the things that happened in 2018 and some of the things that we, that we think will happen in the future. <laughs> and also we have some, we have some, some, some carefully curated questions by people that I won't, I won't, I won't out them. It was all me. He wrote the
1: questions. I, I did come up.
3: I did come up with the questions. Um, but first off, we're going to talk about some of the episodes that, uh, that we put out this year and some of our favorites who wants to go first.
1: I feel like Maddie has the most to say on this. So let's start with his.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I kind of picked three episodes that I really enjoyed. Uh, and then I realized after the fact that they're all episodes that I did by myself. So you can interpret <laughs> that however you want. Um, So one of the first ones was the episode, Let's Be Careful Out There, with J. Paul Reed and Mary Thengvall. And we talked about resiliency, both resiliency of organizations, resiliency of people, and resiliency of teams, which just so happened to be a theme of Mary and Paul's conference, Redeploy. We talked a little bit about Redeploy. This uh, episode came out prior to Redeploy. So there's a little bit of insider scoop on what it was like to get that conference ready to go. Uh, but it was a really, really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed uh, We always always have a good time uh, when we have those folks on the show. I also really liked the episode Punk Rock DevOps with Jay Gordon, and this was the episode where it, you really probably would normally just say it was a fireside chat, but it didn 't with jay it didn 't seem right to call it a fireside chat. We decided <laughs> to because we mostly talked about punk music and metal, and then I think Chipotle. a little bit um i'll tell you a little bit this episode is going to come up a little bit later in the podcast when we talk about some interesting statistics of the year so i don't want to give too much away but you also if you go and check out the show notes for that episode at arrest slash punk rock you can see the carefully curated playlist that jay and i put together of music to listen to while devopsing if you like you know kind of stuff that's not so much of the easy listening variety
1: Wait, is the music synced up with the episode? Like, if you start the music just at a certain time, the Wicca Witch dies at a oh, certain it's, it's time? Like the,
2: or it's like oh, the, if you play it backwards. backwards. <laughs> yes, you should try that. You should try playing the playlist according to the episode and, like, you know, certain certain howling happens when, when we talk about being on call. Uh, and then finally, uh, we did a crossover episode uh, with Corey Quinn's podcast, and so this was called Shouting at the DevOps. And... If you know Corey, it's uh, it was the two of us, as Corey said on the episode, we're both in love with the sound of our own voice. <laughs> so, so I think we did an exceptionally good job of not being dueling banjos and stepping on each other. We mostly talked about the age- old topic of uh, prepping talks for conferences. What are some tips and tricks and kind of how to get through getting started in this and not being afraid? Uh, and it was really, really helpful, and we've gotten some. Uh, I've gotten some great feedback on Twitter from some folks who have said they heard that show, and now they're getting ready to submit some abstracts and kind of throw their hat in the ring.
3: Excellent. So, so Bridget, what episode that you record you recorded by yourself are you going to talk about?
1: <laughs> I. It's hard to call it by myself. Uh, I will point out that um, at GoToChicago, Chicago it was kind of fun to do an episode that was just a panel of all of the speakers. Cause I think sometimes when you curate, uh, not, not all the speakers at the entire conference, all the speakers from the distributed systems track that I curated. Cause it's, it's sort of like fanfic, right? Like usually you look at a whole track and it's great. And you're like, Oh, they approach things from this angle. They approach things from this angle. That's cool. And then the next talk goes a different direction and you're like, They built their own S3 alike. What would happen if they talked to Kyle Kingsbury? You know, if Jordan talked to Kyle. And so, yeah, getting all the speakers from the track together to discuss each other's talks, you know, on stage was super fun. So I know that most of the episodes that I did this year were live episodes at events, but I think that was probably my favorite just because getting all the speakers to talk to each other is is like life goals.
2: This may be the only episode of the year so far that we've all been on?
0: I, I think that traveling? might be correct. Were you there? So, no, I was, I was somewhere else that week. I don't remember. Oh, I was, was going to
1: say, like, I don't.
3: No, this episode oh, right now. Oh, right now. Yes, the one where we're doing right now is the only one that, that you guys have <laughs> all been on together.
1: Uh, scheduling is hard. I think when Stratton yeah. uh, gave us, like, a very reasonable set of choices, and then Joe replies for me and says, well, the only date that works for Bridget is this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's when we're doing it. <laughs>
2: So that being said, it's not terrible to be for us to be picking our favorite episodes to be ones that we hosted by ourselves, because yeah, the odds are, if we did an episode, we probably did do it by ourselves. I was I or, was being snarky. Or but, if
1: you're Trevor, you did a whole bunch of episodes. Yes.
3: yeah. Trevor, tell us about your favorite episodes. So
0: I actually I mean, again, since I did only five this year, um, we, uh, I kind of love all of them. I got to do the theater episode. I got to do the DevOps Day Chicago episode, uh, which was fun because I got to tease Matt about not taking over as host so that I could host. <laughs> um, and I think it worked for the most part. Um, but I actually really had a lot of fun at Ignite this year, getting to talk to a bunch of folks who I've been watching inside of Microsoft and getting to kind of talk to them and get their different perspectives of what was going on at that conference. Um, I especially liked hearing uh, the, some of the history of getting TFS, a couple of tools I've worked with uh, at length, uh, and getting to hear the scoop on Azure DevOps and why it exists in the form that it does. <laughs>
1: If if you find out, uh, you should tell me because I am way behind on understanding all of the exciting new things.
0: <laughs> I listened they to Donovan's episode. I think that Just had that the was the that most was okay me. episode.
1: Oh okay. Those the most are okay all
0: answer. Coworkers.
1: Okay. I, I mean, as it turns out, are on, they really
0: coworkers right? in a four hundred thousand person company? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It,
1: it's uh like a hundred and thirty thousand is what I think Wikipedia said last time I looked. Like it's a, Okay, it's a so that's
0: four times what I was thinking.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get I get my answers from Wikipedia like everyone else. Just like I find out about things like the GitHub acquisition from Twitter like everyone else. But Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. So I'm going to throw I'm going to throw in a plug. I'm going to throw in a plug for for the Theater Geeks episode. That one that one I enjoyed as, you know, <laughs> as the fellow theater geek. I I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to that
2: one. And I was um, very frustrated to have to miss that because that was like I had kind of planned for that episode. I was super excited about it, about doing it with Trevor. And then for, for various reasons, I wasn't able to make it when we actually scheduled it. Okay. So, But I loved listening to it, although it was, there was a little FOMO uh, kind of from that perspective. But it's, it's probably, well, again, we're going to talk about that when we talk about stats.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I also, I also for, for my own selfish reasons, as I pointed out last year, I enjoy the live episodes. They're a lot easier to edit than <laughs> than the ones than the ones we pre-record.
2: We had we had quite a few live episodes this year because we had Amsterdam, Bridges a go-to, mm-hmm. Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis, Kansas City, Chicago, Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah,
3: Salt Lake City. Yeah. I, re- I remember Nicole uh, Nicole Utah swearing.
2: Yes. <laughs> Nicole is our, I believe she was our special, special guest host for that one. Yeah. We had, we also had a bunch of special guest hosts. Um, we had Jessica DeVita was a special guest host for DevOps days, Kansas city recording. Nicole was a special guest host for salt Lake city with her Utah giving the lessons on Utah swearing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Jason hand hopped on with me at a Ignite. No,
3: just randomly walking by. <laughs> yep.
2: Just hey, watching jump on better. this episode. I was going to say, Go if you see Trevor sitting in a booth with a microphone at an event, you could find yourself being pulled into a podcast. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Why not? Or you right. could just walk into it and invite yourself to it. You know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, you may hate my new idea. because I've been trying to think of more podcasts to do. Joe, have you seen Alton Brown's new revisited Good Eats episodes?
3: I haven't seen any of the any of the new because it airs on a cable channel that that YouTube TV does not carry in my in uh, my neck of the woods. I have not had a chance, but I am an I am an OG Good Eats fan.
0: So he goes back to old episodes before. So he's going to make new episodes of Good Eats, but first he's going back to old episodes of Good Eats, and he kind of talks over them and says where he's wrong or where he learned better ways to do things.
3: Oh. Uh, so so he, he MSTs his own show. Exactly.
0: He literally <laughs> MST3Ks his own show. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking we should do with a select few of our old episodes, is go through and say, this is where we said things like me in the first episode, where I literally had Googled the definition of DevOps to say it on a podcast.
1: Oh, it, uh, time <laughs> out, time out. We're not having any more definition of DevOps discussions, please. I know, I know, I know. <laughs>
2: But that's why it would be fun. But to that's a,
0: that is a concrete example I can point back to about somewhere where I know something I said was very wrong, without going back and listening to the whole catalog first.
3: I think it would be it would be fun to do, but I think it would be really annoying to listen to, especially if you had the same two people just kind of talking over themselves. It would be really difficult to to figure out.
0: I think which, you'd which have which to have a lead in and person. lead out sound effect. Yeah, there'd have right? to be
2: a sound, and it would have to be kind of a. a It would. I would think you would do it as one episode, where you would just take a couple clips from a little thing, and you know, he would like listen to a couple minutes of one episode. This and happens, can, and then there's doo-doo, doo-doo, yeah, run old timey
1: banjo music under it. Right? So <laughs> I like, I like, oh my I like god! The, I can't believe I, like I said Wayne's that.
3: World, The Wayne's World dream sequence. Uh, yes, no, yes. No, that's, that's
2: probably the way to do it. So, listeners, yeah. okay. if you like this idea, tweet at us at Arrested DevOps and tell us if you think it's a great idea or how we could do it better, or what are some things you remember from old episodes where you thought we were completely full of horse crap.
3: And or we, we're oh, we not take somebody else's we take somebody
2: else's podcast. And and that <laughs> is not
1: only if they participate.
2: Well, obvious. Uh, um, only I thought you were going to say only if it's software defined talk because I think that one we could <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh my gosh, we.
1: Could, I have I have uh, listened to every episode of Software Defined Talk. Some of it's them It's kind of begging
2: lots. for the rift tracks treatment, I think. Some of them you I know? listen
1: to on a plane and I'm falling asleep, and then I rewind it and I listen to it when I'm actually awake because I don't want to miss it because it's like. I.
2: I really like this idea of doing a crossover riff tracking with SDT, <laughs> where we where we would give them an up and be like, listen to this episode, provide some audio commentary for it, then give us one of your old ones that you want that you don't mind if we riff on.
1: Okay, so we're we're now in danger of making a podcast about podcasting. Um, so <laughs> well, I want to I want to
2: bring this. This is the one time a year that we do that. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, I
2: want to bring... like Sasha used to have to listen to conversations about you know. Source code management on the ship show. Well, and we'll get we'll get further into the podcast about podcasting. Yes.
3: But but you you brought up you brought up uh, statistics. What statistics would you like to share with with the with the people that are brave enough to listen to this episode?
2: So we've only got a few that we're going to talk about. We're not going to drive into like how many people visited the website and how many episodes were downloaded and everything, except for one. In twenty eighteen we passed a landmark number and we had over one we have now had over one million listens to the Arrested DevOps podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. What does that
2: mean? A whole lot of nothing. But <laughs> it's a big number but that has two commas in it. 1 million. One, and if you think
0: Matt doesn't know what the other statistics are, they're his home screen on his iWatch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I, I was telling Joe during the and Bridget during the time before we recorded it, I didn't even look at, this was the first time I looked at our Google Analytics was today for this entire year. So, um, but I do like find out, like I get daily, not daily, I get like weekly reports on like referrers and stuff, which is always interesting to see what we're being linked to. Um, Different people write blogs. And that's always really kind of fun to be on those lists of good podcasts. I haven't found us being listed on a list of bad podcasts. Um, But if you want to get my attention, you could do that with the referrer and I will notice it. (laughs) So if you want to get my attention, do it through referrer links. Um, But what I thought were some interesting ones were to think about what our most listened to episodes were. So the number one most listened to episode in all of 2018 was punk rock devops with jay gordon and i can only assume that it's also it's partially because of jay's immense popularity on the twitters but also because i mean it's a very i think alluring sounding name to be like i'm gonna listen to some stuff about some music maybe i don't know but if you super love that episode tweet us and tell me why you think it was the most listened to episode our number two most popular
0: hashtags for each of these tweets
2: no, just tweet. Just whatever. <laughs> I don't, don't. I don't like hashtags, especially when they do too many hashtags. Like when people hashtag the word the and all the stuff. You know. Um, you
1: know. Some people set their like tweet bot up such that it filters out any tweets with too many hashtags. Oh, really? Yeah. Sweet.
2: Smart. Um, and the number two most popular episode. I'll take this. So right now, listeners, try to guess what it might be. And if you said. <laughs> Theater Geeks Unite and Tech Over the World. You were right. You don't win anything. But that uh, I've seen that episode referred to many times because I'll see these Twitter threads when people keep bringing up like, oh, hey, I was an acting major and now I'm in tech. And everyone's like, you should listen to this special episode of of DevOps with uh, Chloe talked about this and Nathan talked about that. and Blah, blah, blah. So please continue to do that because it's a really, really fun episode. Yeah, that was a good one.
1: Yeah, pretty I was gonna say like actually head. considering that our most popular episodes have my coworkers on them, I'm gonna say that's pretty much fantastic. We should.
2: Yeah. Well, have the like odds are pretty good so. these days. I mean, it all well, because also- as <laughs> we as we figured, there are a hundred and
3: hundred and some odd thousand of your coworkers. Well, oh no,
1: no, no, it's not that. It's like on the <laughs> advocates team. I think we have yeah. like 80 or so that haven't been on the show yet. Oh,
2: okay. So, Only know, eighty. Only I mean, eighty. Like I was gonna say, but this thing.
1: But like we'll a 10 of many... us have been on the show.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. So we should, get, we should that's get about... everybody
0: who hasn't been on yet.
1: Yeah, that's three years worth of the
3: content.
0: <laughs> but there's everybody, says, ten, everybody says a sentence in order, mm. and we'll make up a podcast out
2: of it. You know something that happened this year that we weren't talking about, but I was thinking about this when we were talking about some more of Bridget's coworkers who weren't on the show this year, but they did record an episode with us. So Brian Kettleson and Eric St. Martin... Yeah, yeah, yeah. we recorded, so this is the lost episode of Arrested DevOps that...
1: Eric not was gonna actually... One of many. No, Eric was on the show this year. He was no. in the GoToChicago
2: episode. Oh, he was in the Go to episode. Sh- okay. I didn't.
3: And the Gopher, the, the GopherCon episode.
2: That,
1: that wasn't?
3: Was, that, was, oh, that, was oh, oh,
2: that was last year. That was last year. So we recorded, we together. attempted um, the impossible, and it proved to be improbable um, and mostly unlistenable. But we decided to do a big crossover episode about tech podcasting with hosts from <sighs> the aforementioned, from the ship show. From I tried to
1: listen to that. From oh the my food, God, from
2: food Fight, from Software Defined Talk, from you Dope. can't have a podcast
1: have... with like 10 people.
2: No, no. But I, I still think if it's, and the worst part is it's like two hours long. So not only would it be very hard to listen to, it would have to be two episodes that were very hard to listen to. So hmm. we may eventually just put that available somewhere for the this is a deep cut Arrested <laughs> DevOps. We're gonna put that behind a Patreon link. <laughs> right? so it's like if you want to listen to that one.
3: It'd be our unreleased and B sides, just
1: like Bob Exactly. Did. We'll put, those, exactly. We'll put those up.
2: <laughs> oh gosh. So, right. but it was it was a lot of fun to do. I just don't know that it's a lot of fun to listen to.
1: I don't think I ever want to go to a meeting where ten people are trying to talk, let alone <laughs> <a> podcast. podcast. <laughs>
3: All right. So moving on. So we're going to talk about what happened to y'all in 2018. (laughs) Um, Some fun stuff. Go talk about. (sighs) Okay. Talk about some fun stuff. Honestly, for
1: 2018, I'll just say that um, I tweeted some time ago that airline status is the gamification of poor life choices and which is why, after I made the top level status on Delta in 2016, I cut way back for 2017, and I made the mistake in 2018 of saying yes to too many things, which means I have Diamond on Delta again, fantastic. Which means, of course, I will not get to enjoy it much in 2019 because I will say no to everything. <laughs> this is the cycle.
2: Yeah, so, you're kind of butting them up in the
1: yeah. Maybe yeah,
2: you to do a two year cycle.
1: I know, right? I mean, like you get the status, it's like, buying Apple,
2: like buying iPhones. Right. Right. For right.
1: Years. Yeah. You anyway, so there was a lot of travel. It's all kind of a blur. I'll write a blog post about it at some point. <laughs> um, I will say that the parts where Joe gets to come with me are really nice because you can't very well expect like, you know, conference and colleagues and whatnot to entertain you at every second of the day and night, which
3: it's apparently <laughs> my job,
1: which Joe is great for. Um, but I think that probably the the main thing that changed a little bit in terms of my job is getting more involved with and paying more attention to like the product side of things. So uh, more on that when we get to what I'm looking forward to next year. But basically, it was interesting to kind of move from giving so many uh, I didn't do so many conference talks this year. I did a bunch more workshops, which still involve travel, but that was the open source Kubernetes workshops um, on container.training with uh, Jerome Petazzoni And it was nice to spend some time focused on workshops. And then it was also nice to start getting involved with product. So that's that's 2018 for me. How about you, Maddie?
2: So I did a lot of, travel this year um i was surprised when i kind of pulled up my Tripit stats that i traveled more in 2015 than i did this year because i have a perception that i traveled more this year than i ever have but then i started to do the math and realized that i only traveled for about half the year so when you kind of look at these things cumulatively when you see that i was on the road 135 days out of probably 200 days (laughs) that's, that's quite a bit um the one interesting statistic is I went to more – I visited more countries for the first time this year than I have visited in my entire life mm-hmm. up until this year. Otherwise, that would not be possible to do because you'd get into – Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a lot more international travel this year. I got to uh, go to a lot of great events. went to Australia. I was in Amsterdam twice. Uh, Days Amsterdam was great. I recommend all of our listeners. You should just go figure out a way to make it happen, you know, because Stroopwafel you – know, <laughs> fries with mayonnaise and stuff um so and this was yeah this was really my first full year at pager duty i had just when we did our wrap-up show last year i had literally just left chef and just started joining pager duty so i had no idea what i was in for and it's been kind of a fun growth year uh when i started most of the beginning most of the first half of the year i was the sole devops advocate at PagerDuty. And now we have, there are now three of us and we're hiring a developer advocate as well. So the team is growing, um, which is helping, helping things scale. And I'll have some thoughts on that when we talk about what I'm looking forward to for 2019. Um, I did a relocation. I moved from Chicago to San Francisco over the summer, but because of all that travel, I probably lived in San Francisco cumulatively about two and a half months out of the six (laughs) months that I've actually had an address here. So, I and it's only been in the last couple months that I've been here for any extended amount of time. So I'm I still feel like very new to the city, but uh, I can walk to work. Uh, as a lifetime Chicagoan and Midwestern person, it sure doesn't feel a lot like Christmas right now because it's <laughs> it out. And the sun's uh, it doesn't out. feel
1: that much like Christmas here either. Yeah. It's like 40 degrees Fahrenheit,
2: yeah. not
3: Celsius. What snow we have is melting.
2: I, we had like our, our happy hour, like our after uh, our work happy hour kind of event last week. And they had like a disco ball going with lights. And the lights were playing over one of the windows. And like my default thing was, oh, shit, it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> so they just caught, you know, like sparkles out of the window. And I'm like, it, it looked like snow blowing around. I'm like, no, of course it's not. I live in <laughs> um, and I got five new tattoos this year. So one of which I just got today. So. Wow.
1: That's pretty impressive.
2: So that was yeah. So it was a it was a year of a lot of change.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Uh, I spent a ton of time with Microsoft this year. A lot of what I was (laughs) weird. One of us works for them though. (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) Um, So I spent my job this year has been to be a partner architect with Microsoft for Chef. And so as part of doing that, uh, I helped launch the Chef Automate Managed Service for Azure Preview this year at Ignite, which meant I got to go up on stage with Jeremy Winter and show it off, which was super fun to get to A, put a product together, and B, then get to show it off and launch it on stage. Um, I'm also finally learning guitar properly. I've been failing to play the guitar for about 20 years uh, and so now I finally hired a teacher and it's amazing how quickly it's going because of the like little baby steps I put in over 20 years, uh, which has just been super delightful. Um, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And Joe actually a couple of years back, uh, hired a teacher because he was I, like, money can be exchanged for knowledge about guitar. I continue I to know. fail. I
3: continue <laughs> to fail at playing guitar every Monday night from eight to nine. <laughs>
1: But you get someone I, telling you how to improve.
2: I hope yes. only that at the 2019 wrap-up show, I'm able to sit down and say, and in 2019, I learned how to play guitar because that is one of my goals. Yes. Oh,
1: are we going to have an extended outtake with all you gentlemen playing guitar together? That is <laughs>
2: really going
0: to be amazing. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I did get to play at the Chicago House of Blues this year with the Chef Band, which Ooh, was nice. an amazing experience. Fun. We did five songs, which is
3: Four more than we usually do.
1: Wow!
3: Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> hey Joe, what did you do this year? Oh God, what did I do this year? I I felt like I I I followed this person around the world. <laughs> we
1: went to Australia again. We
3: went to Australia again. I think the coolest place we went it was also the coldest place we went. I say Norway, just because I think that was. Now I'm racking my brain. Bergen. I, yeah, I think that was the that was the new country i think everywhere else we went we had been before but we hadn't been to norway which was part of the reason we picked we said yes or i had you say yes <laughs> to uh, to Comp because we hadn't been to we hadn't been to norway so is
1: this the part where we admit to all of our listeners that if you want me to speak at your event uh convince him yeah if you convince joe he will convince me <laughs> yeah
3: the secret pipeline is through. Jill. The secret pipeline is is me. So yeah, Norway was Norway was really fun. We did uh, we did a, a fjord cruise, and uh, and yeah, Bergen was Bergen was cool. So now moving on to the to the uh, the carefully curated questions. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> esteemed panel of of tech experts.
2: Uh, two years ago, experts, if you will, <laughs> yes. Since <laughs> you, you didn't show up, let's ask Matt Trevor and Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So two years ago, it was everything
3: was Docker, Docker, Docker. Um, this year, it appears to be everybody wants to kubernetes some netties, TM Bridget Cromeup. Um, what What are all the What are all the conference talks going to be? What are What are you going to be seeing in the CFPS next year and the year after?
1: So those are two different questions. What are you going to be seeing in the CFPs and what are the conferences actually going to program? Um, I do think that in the case of something like a KubeCon, you're going to be like in that ecosystem. What I saw a lot of in the CFP, even in Copenhagen this spring, um, and we're I think we're getting a lot of traction in terms of people wanting to discuss it, is a service mesh. And so that's, okay, you have some containers. Cool. Let's orchestrate them all right, the containers are dancing around to your tune. Uh, Ooh, how do we deal with all these containers and sending things to them and shrug? And so then people start talking about service mesh. Um, It's interesting to note that there are only three projects that have graduated um, from uh, the, the CNCF's little program there. Can't remember the name of it right now. Maybe the program itself doesn't have a name. It's just kind of the status of the project. And uh, Kubernetes is a graduated project, Prometheus is a graduated project, and now Envoy, um, which is underpinning a lot of service mesh stuff, is a graduated project. So I think that that's because, again, whether people are trying to sell something in the space um, when a space is heating up, or, hey, maybe hopefully cross fingers for program committees everywhere, there are actually some experience reports, Uh, I think we're going to be hearing Hopefully, some unvarnished good, bad, and ugly of what happened when you decided to glue some Envoy to your Kubernetes. So that's what that's what I think I'm going to be seeing in that specific corner of the ecosystem. How about you folks?
2: Uh, serverless DevSecOps, whatever that means. That was a joke. Um, but I do. Well, expect- but I, I did
1: appreciate that when Kelsey Hightower was speaking at KubeCon, he mentioned that you can have serverless and also Kubernetes just like you can have zip files on tarballs. It's not like yeah. you pick one and you never have another choice.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I think we're going to continue to see more, and again, depending on where you're at, but the this, this DevSecOps thing, for whatever we call it or whatever we care about, its name being silly or not, um, is I'm, I'm seeing more and more of customers and prospects and people in the field that are very interested in how do we leverage these same technologies, these same approaches that we've been doing through DevOps and, and getting security involved. And should, have we been seeing talks about this? Of course we have. But I think it's going to multiply and I think it's going to be a pretty consistent theme as opposed to kind of a novelty um, through next year, through a lot of events and thinking about uh, kind of also the business response and the business side of, of all of this DevOpsing. Because as as companies are starting to understand, and and we've got some experience reports now, too, as Bridget mentioned, referred to, which is a great thing, when we've got here are organizations that actually have adopted these practices through their own business response and their own business operations, it's not just the technology operation side. So I'm expecting to see a lot more of that, at least I'm hoping to see a lot more of that, because where I'm seeing it, it's pretty successful.
0: So for me, in in my little niche of the world, what i kinda what, what I think we'll start seeing more of is the minimum viable application modernization project. So everybody knows they have their like crazy old crusty app that they just shoveled into the cloud and it's sitting there on an IaaS machine and it's not been optimized or anything. And I think we're gonna start seeing those experience reports of how folks have either shunted it into Kubernetes in a positive way or figured out how to turn it serverless into some capacity without having to do some giant rewrite by just extracting some of the functions if it's an appropriate language for a serverless project. Um, But I think we're going to see some conversations around that space.
1: I find that really interesting, actually, because A lot of times when people say application modernization, they are talking about maybe decomposing into some microservices or whatever, but the scary, hoary legacy, you know, ball of mud, they probably are not going to do a complete rewrite on. They're going to just, you know, strangler pattern it as much as they have to, to be able to iterate on the pieces Mm -hmm. they need to change. But when I, when I saw that you had written this, I was thinking you were describing like a lift and shift paradigm, but I think what you're saying is they lift and shift and they feel like that's not enough. Like what problem, if they got rid of the old data center, what problem are they trying to solve by no longer just using the thing that they shoved into a container?
0: Well, they may not have shoved it into a container is the thing, right? They may have just gotten it into the cloud or they may not have gotten it to the cloud yet at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, once you've got it in, if you even if you've just lifted and shifted it into the cloud, there's still the solve for, you may not have optimized it for the cloud. And for that, I don't even necessarily mean that you've optimized it as in you've converted it to cloud services. Optimized right. it as in made it so that it's on an appropriately sized VM, you know, that it, if it can be scheduled, it's scheduled, things like that.
1: Right, right. And especially if your traffic patterns vary. I know I've seen people who are like, we don't really want to pay for an instance dot enormous dot expensive dot forever two XL, you know, twenty XL, but mm-hmm. sometimes our traffic is like this. So we have it in one of those just in case. And I'm like, oh god.
0: <laughs> you put your data center in the cloud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you put your data center in the cloud and you wonder why the cloud is expensive. Hmm. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so I think we'll see some talks. It may not be called minimum viable application modernization. It may be the things Joshua. that fit into that, but I think those are some of the conversations we'll start seeing over the next couple of years.
1: I think you're right that we're going to see those conversations. We are seeing those conversations in the customers. I will be very interested to see if it's going to be vendors who convince the customers to tell that story on stage. And so I bet oh, we're going to yeah. see this at like the first party events. You know, this is going to be like, while the long-winded CTO stops talking like 20 minutes of this customer coming out and talking about this is when I, when I think we're going to see the earliest of these.
0: Yeah, that's probably true.
1: Um,
3: okay. Moving right along obligatory (laughs) podcast about podcasting. When you folks, when you're listening to podcasts for fun, not work related, (laughs) If you listen to podcasts for work related reasons, um, what podcasts are you listening to?
1: Well, you know the answer to this for me because you actually got me listening to this podcast. Yes. Um, during the most recent election stuff, um, Joe was watching the video version of the Pod Save America specials. And I thought, oh, hey, was it like oh, those Obama speechwriters I really liked? They do a podcast together now? bizarre and kind of awesome so i started listening to pod save america and it's excellent
2: i don't listen to a lot of podcasts these days because i don't find myself driving as much as i used to which was really my podcast listening time um i tend not to listen on on planes because i want to fall asleep on planes and podcasts tend to engage my brain but one that i really liked is uh npr has a podcast called the hidden brain And it talks a lot about mental patterns and why we think the way that we do. And there was a great episode that was sort of talking about the different mental patterns between Democrats and Republicans. And just from the, you know, kind of the physiology of um, cognition uh, that has to do. It's it's really, really interesting if you're you're curious about kind of how we think and why we think the way that we do uh, from that perspective. So it's the hidden brain. All
1: right. Two political podcasts in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Only
2: sometimes political. <laughs> <laughs>
0: for me, I, I I still don't listen to podcasts, uh, but I've actually started watching series on YouTube here and there. Like it's it's a good way to do something for me to have to watch while I eat lunch, uh, so that I'm not working. <laughs> um, so I've been watching a lot of Techmoan, and it's Techmoan is this guy named Matt who uh, basically finds old like weird formats of audio or video recording and we'll like dig up the history of them and do like a little history channel special on what that technology is, where it came from, when it was used and things like that. I've mentioned it on the show before, but it's really been holding my interest. So I've been kind of catching up on all that.
2: So he does videos about
0: like jazz drives? Yeah. (laughs) Or or, like, uh, like one of the ones I watched recently was this little like special mini cassette format that was used exclusively for this little like caricature figure as a message recorder for families so you stick the little tape in its mouth and record like press a button to record a message to leave for your family members and put like a card in it to indicate
2: who it's for oh i think i I, the worst part is i think i know what you're talking about that sounds (laughs) completely familiar
0: but it's super interesting. He just goes through all these like old obscure audio formats, or like he'll go into like why LaserDisc failed, or why like why Philips and uh, RCA were going against each other in the tape formats. It's just that actually interesting.
1: sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Is this this? It's on YouTube, but can you enjoy it without watching? Because I usually listen to a podcast while I'm on a plane, while I'm working on slides.
0: I think you could. I think he he does show you the mechanisms sometimes, but most mm-hmm. of the time, it, like. It's something that you could listen to. I've listened to it before instead of watching it.
1: All right. YouTube DL. Here we come. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, a quick plug in here for the, the sole podcast that I, that I still listen to these days. It's called extra hot. Great. It's, it's a, it's a TV themed podcast. Um, it's a bunch of, I don't know if you, if you folks ever read television without pity. Um, they were, yeah, they were the, the early writers, kind of the people that started that website. Um, and they do, well, they do a, they do a, a they still do like a, a TV website called previously.tv. But the thing that I, that I interact with them most is listening to shot right? great. Um, it is a very well-produced and highly entertaining podcast. Even if you don't watch the TV shows that they're talking about, which a lot of it is reality TV. And I, and I don't, I don't
2: much with that, but well, that's sort of like how I was always able to watch the soup, even though I didn't watch those shows.
3: Okay, so moving on to our next carefully curated question. So you folks um, all travel uh, way more than normal humans <laughs> travel. Uh, what's the favorite your favorite place that you went this year?
2: Oh, so I'm going to say it's a toss-up between two. One of my absolute favorites was Sydney. So I haven't been there before. Sydney was one of the places that I actually had a little bit of time to myself. So I kind of did some touristy stuff. I got to see the city. Um, I really enjoyed it there, but I was jet lagged to hell and wasn't there long enough to get any kind of adjustments. So that's why it's a tie with uh, Helsinki. Mm-hmm. So I went and uh, spoke in an event in Helsinki. And part of the reason it was my favorite, I have to admit, was how well we were treated by the conference organizers. We had probably one of the coolest organizer speaker events I've ever been to, which was and they took us to some cabin out in two hours away from Helsinki and had sauna and beautifully created dinner. And it was just absolutely gorgeous there. But I really did enjoy being in Finland. The Finns are an interesting folk. Um, <laughs> they when, one thing I learned uh, that my fellow speakers told me, they're like, don't expect a lot of questions. Like oh, yeah. they just don't ask questions. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cool. I feel like we sort of already talked about places we enjoy, but I'm going to say one of the travely things that I hadn't done before that I recommend is this year we had two events back to back in Paris and London. And we actually took the train, we took the Eurostar and it went through the channel, which was nowhere near as terrifying as I thought it might be. Cause it's not like there's a window and you can see the water or anything like that. Right. Um, and it, you're not under there very yeah, long. The tunnel, anyway. the tunnel isn't clear. <laughs> that would be entertaining, though. Mm. If it were, like One of the clear. times I went through the
0: Eurostar, it stopped just Ooh. on the other side of the tunnel. <laughs> 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 because another car was stuck in the tunnel.
1: Ooh, mm. Okay, that's slightly terrifying. That didn't happen to yeah. us. I will say if people decide to do it, though, um, be aware that... Everywhere that you have um, shitty cell reception through Paris, after Paris, everywhere you have city cell reception all the way to um, the English Channel, uh, the train will also have terrible Wi-Fi because the train is just using like a cell repeater or something. It's so, like the train is basically just using cellular service. So it's not like it has satellite or I don't know, whatever a train could have. It's it's worse than like the Acela and the Northeast Corridor in terms of like the train just not, the Wi-Fi just doesn't work. And this happens a lot. And the part that's really annoying about it is, and this is, the reason it's annoying is because if you're going from one conference to another, you might be trying to work on you know your presentation materials. You're not going to be able to. So I suggest doing what I did, which is just close your laptop, look out the window and enjoy the fact that you're going through a very fast train through France. And That's very cool.
0: It's beautiful. Were you, did you go in the, during the daytime or? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I was during
3: the, it was raining, but yeah, I was. But
0: it was, it was still beautiful. All
1: right. How about you, Trevor?
0: I actually didn't go to a lot of places this year. Mostly I went to Seattle. Um, was Seattle lovely. awesome? <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, but for the first time this year, I actually went on international travel for me instead of for work. I know it's <laughs> apparently when you get on the planes enough times throughout the year, they'll let you get on the plane for free.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag uh, life choices.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although I'm not going to hit, I'm, I'm only going to be platinum this year on American. I'm not going to hit executive platinum, which is equal parts, happy and sad. Um,
1: generally happy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we went to Tokyo uh, which was just absolutely fantastic. I got to see the city from a totally different angle than when I had been there for work. Uh, and we got to do a whole bunch of fun and cool things. Other interesting travel, I also went to Vegas for the first time. And I hated it just as much as I thought I would.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, did Can't you confirm. Purpose, or was it just a work thing? Please purpose? It
0: was for pay. Inspire.
1: Okay, good. So you didn't pay to go there?
0: No, I did not pay to go to Vegas. Okay. And I would insane. never do that.
1: Vegas is like you walk around and everywhere is the stench of stale cigarette smoke and desperation. It's just depressing yeah. and awful. Well, aside from aside from
3: Norway, which I thought was I thought was fun, I also enjoyed we went to we were in Amsterdam for for Delos Days Amsterdam and Hashi Days. Hmm. And aside from Amsterdam being a cool city that everybody should go and visit, um, it was also one of those things where it was like Everybody that we've run into at conferences seemed to be in Amsterdam. For, <laughs> so like, so the hanging out with people was, was really cool. And like, we, mm-hmm. we, we hung out, you know, the, the, the dinner after DevOps Ops Amsterdam. Everybody was just hanging out. We went and took over a, we went and took over a restaurant, sort of pseudo got kicked out of the restaurant yeah, they weren't we were, really thrilled with us there. No, they. they, they I don't
1: remember to... being kicked
3: out.
2: Well, they were, they were, they were very happy when we left.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: I think we were well, because you... I think we started by coming in and we're like, "There's going to be like ten of us," and then it and eventually then were, became like forty-five three of three us. Times, yeah, three to four yeah. times, that number. And
1: I mean, whatever. Everyone
2: bought food. Like, it's yeah, I was going to say. I, I I vaguely remember Bridget having the same response at the time. Just say hey, we're giving you money. <laughs> If people buy food, it's fine. Yeah, but well,
3: that was that was fun and that whole that whole week in Amsterdam was, was a was a good time. Hashi Days was cool mm-hmm. and uh, Which and- we
1: should clarify since we're saying Amsterdam and Hashi Days. It was the Hashi Corp like you know, conference and it had nothing to do with hash of any sort. It
2: was hashy days <laughs> not hash days. Yes.
3: <laughs> All right, so ranty pants time. Uh, the tech or conference trend that needs to
1: end. Okay, I'll I'll start. And I have two. And the first one, uh, it's not just conference, though it's it's sometimes conferences, but it's also meetups. But I experienced it at an event myself recently. I'm not going to say which one, which is, look, people, if you want to serve beer and pizza, that is cool. You should serve beer and pizza. Um, If you are literally serving nothing but beer and pizza, Uh, this is going to be a challenge for say the vegetarians because the vegetarian piece is all gone or the vegans or the people with celiac or the people who don't drink beer or the people who have an allergy to, you know, wheat or yeast. Like there are so many people who would really appreciate there being something without booze in it, something without gluten in it. It doesn't have to be an amazing something, but it should be something. And if you think that this is just like small niche needs, keep in mind that those people are self-selecting to not come to your events. Cause they're like, I don't know, I could go to that meetup, but I don't think I can eat pizza and drink beer again this week. So like, it's okay if you're serving pizza. I, I ran a meetup this week and I served pizza. We had a little bit of stuff that wasn't pizza and we had beverages that were available that weren't just like lukewarm water. So that that's my like, if you're running events, think hard about the fact that even if someone enjoys pizza and beer, they might not want it, but they might want to come to your event. Okay. So there's that. And whatever you do have it at your event, it definitely needs labels. So people can make informed choices about what they need. Um, and then the other one is, and it's semi-related, but not really. It's basically when I'm sitting in an audience, as I do often, um, watching other people's talks at events I didn't curate. I have heard so many great talks and less than great talks from dudes. So many dudes. I mean, it starts with some dudes and then they're followed by dudes and then it wraps up with more dudes. And like, I would really like to hear more from people who aren't. And this is a rant for the entire year. Because for example, uh, I saw a lot of great women speakers on the keynote stage at KubeCon where I just was. So I'm not talking about a specific recent event. I'm talking about in general, the one of the biggest offenders here is us, is the tech company vendors, who send someone to talk and we send the dude who did the thing. And it's like, if he's really gonna give like the five minute sponsor pitch and just read from a script, can you send one of his colleagues who's not him who also did the thing? So like think hard about how you're representing your event. I'm not saying dudes can't give good talks. Some of the best talks I've ever seen are from dudes, but just think about that for a second. Who are you sending to represent your company? And or your organization of any sort? And is it going to help you get the messages across that you're trying to send? Because you might just not be thinking about that angle. And like there are a lot of different identities that exist in the world that have a perspective to bring. And there's, yeah, I, I think that that is really worth considering when you're curating your event and you're deciding who is sent from your organization. Anyway, so I could rant about this obviously for the entire podcast. So I'll stop now and just say, like, remember, basically, the TLDR for both of those. Remember, not everyone is you. So maybe just think about that. (laughs) Bridge it out.
2: (laughs) Lemon out. All right. um, I've got a couple, you know, and if I did a better Dennis Miller, it could be, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's not not quite as ranty. Uh, one is that's been coming up lately in conversation, but I, I think it needs to die. Which is having speakers have to pay for their own ticket. Um, yeah, that apparently still happens. Just it's, don't go to those events, dude. <laughs> well, it's not me. I'm I've not. That's the thing that's actually been frustrating is it's been right, coming right. up in several events that are actually they're underrepresented minorities are being asked to pay for their own ticket. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never been asked to pay for my own ticket. I don't think. Um, I don't remember. And, and if I did, it wouldn't really bother me personally, because it's work where I'm in a position of privilege where that does not affect me, but it affects sure, sure.
1: you have a Corp MX, you go on with your life,
2: right? Right. But you
1: still shouldn't say yes to it because you have the leverage to say, no, this is say no to
2: that. Yes. I, I, I concur. I agree. The, so that's something, um, and we won't even get into the, whether or not you should pay your speakers, because that's something where it can get very complicated, but the short answer is, if you can, you should. And if you can't, you probably still can and you just don't know it um, unless your DevOps stays and you're allowed to get away with it because you don't make a lot of money. You know what? Just cut that part out when I said unless your DevOps stays. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I actually <laughs> would, like, I would like to drill down on that for a second and say be very careful if you're going to take this advice and apply it broadly because there are tax implications um, for your speakers, if they are coming across an international border in particular to speak like, yeah, it, like visa implications, yes, like their tax
2: implications, well, I think you can, just you be can very offer, cautious of that. Yeah, I mean, like I've had it offered to me and I've, I've, you know, the times I've had it offered to me and I've turned it down because it's like, great, give that to somebody else. who,
1: Yeah, and like we can't, we can't even have like, yeah, it's like, so a lot that's of
2: what I said. It's, no, it's a complicated the 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 literally the least you can do is not charge them for the privilege of speaking, uh-huh. and that also can go back to helping with travel if that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, another one, another trend that I think needs to die, and it's something that I am guilty of, and Corey Quinn has brought this to my attention, um, is we need to kill the resume slide. I think, or at least if you're going to do it, wait as Corey would say, wait a little few slides in. Don't don't launch immediately into your resume slide because it sort of is the I need to validate my existence here. And you also, in your first couple slides, are the only time you have to really get everyone's attention. So I, I like the idea of if I'm gonna, if you're gonna do a resume slide, come in maybe after your first couple slides when you've had your exciting, you know, your 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 big open.
1: See, I will actually debate you on this one. And there was a thread on Twitter a while ago about this. And I forget if you were in that thread or not, but um, it is very easy to not worry about that unless you're not going to be taken seriously, in which case it's kind of nice to have a few bona fides there. And I don't even know if it's pronounced bona fide or bona fide, and I don't care because I don't have to. And if you're a new speaker and you're underrepresented at the conference and you're looking out at a sea of faces that don't look like yours and might be frowning at you, it's kind of nice to have some, and I totally belong here, up on the screen. So like, so, I think that, ab- that advice is going to apply differently to people who are in a different position of privilege.
2: What about the advice about saying do it, but do it a couple slides in so that you can have your attention-getting story to get started with? It
1: really, this, again, like this advice, I'm, I'm just mad. curious. It, it varies not, so wrong. much. Like if it's a keynote, for example, you don't use a bio slide at all for the most right. part. Um, if it's one of those short keynotes, like at a velocity sort of thing, where you have 20 minutes, you're not going to waste time on that. Um, if uh, If you're using the stuff you're about to say there as a launching off point to get your story started. For example, I work at a streaming video startup. Now I'm going to talk to you about our Docker in production. Like I've totally gone right from the stuff I do to the stuff I'm going to talk to you about. So like, I think this is a very, it's depends. It it depends. I don't think there's a,
2: then I would say my advice,
1: but definitely don't have any slides that are boring. Like use it, use it with intent. How well, and that? avoid the boring mm-hmm. bullet point list no matter what is on the boring bullet points because people are going to like read down the list of bullet points before you Well, right. You can walk, only – And then they're going to fall asleep.
2: <laughs> so you can only do one thing at a time. You can either read or you can listen, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, and, I and, that, and I think some of that – and I think
3: some of that the conference can help out with a proper introduction because the, the com- I think the conference should be telling the attendees why they care about why this person is on stage you know, kind of setting, kind of setting them up. And I've seen a lot of varying, they, like, varying, like, speaker introductions.
1: But I um, hate when they read the thing from the program about you. Oh, like yeah. that's That's one of, that's one of the, everything wrong.
3: that's one of the, <laughs> the that would be, that would be the, the poorer end of the, of the speaker introduction. Because the introduction really should, really should take care
2: of that. This person deserves to be here and this is why. And this, this so that's a trend that needs to die is bad speaker introductions by conference organizers. Also, awesome.
1: I actually, when they ask how you want to be introduced, I just say like, if you want to say something about why you're excited to hear the talk or yes. why you want me on stage, that's cool because that's not in the program already and it's not in my slides already. Like, I just don't want you to repeat the things that are in the program or the slides.
2: Also, more <laughs> conferences should do what we did in Chicago and ask people what opening music they want to come out to. Because I have found that that was the most stressful thing anyone's ever asked a conference speaker to ever do. According <laughs> to several very, of our speakers, very, you, you got to be very, be very careful, very careful with, live with that
3: if you're live streaming it, because yeah. uh, that'll that'll get shut down.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and my final rant, which goes, it's not quite as legitimate of a rant as Bridget's point about being cognizant of people who have differing dietary needs, but I will point out. Something very important, conference people. Not everybody wants to drink coffee for their caffeine in the morning. Have more Diet Coke. If you want me to speak <laughs> at your event, there damn well better be Diet Coke there. there should Not be Diet Pepsi. Pepsi. That's right. Diet Pepsi doesn't count. Diet Dr. Pepper is acceptable.
1: Right, I, will, I will point out that I'm, if you've run events in hotels, which maybe you have, Matt, yeah. Yeah. You've, you may have looked at the BEOs. And I think last I saw, yeah. the cans of soda were like six seventy five a piece. And I was just like, Robin, put them in now.
2: your speaker.
3: <laughs> and you might also run into a hotel that is Pepsi only.
2: I know. So stop having your. I, there's been a disturbing trend all. of Pepsi in
0: the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, six out of ten okay. places. I would dope. like to point out, by the way, that I was instructed to go on a rant. I was not instructed to create a. Properly, well thought out, and formulated. Very,
3: very true. <laughs> this, this episode not sponsored by Pepsi.
2: <laughs>
1: That's true. So, Wait, I want to um, Trevor. Trevor, what annoys- yeah.
3: So, well, I haven't been to a ton of
0: conferences this year, and most of them have been Microsoft conferences.
3: It could also be a technology trend that needs to that needs to end.
0: Sure. Uh, so, the thing that annoyed me at the Microsoft conferences this year was I was tracked everywhere. All of the badges had this little Bluetooth beacon attached to it that wa- watched everywhere you walked across the expo floor. And there was, it was, there was a place to say you didn't want it in your sign-up sheet. But if you didn't read all the tiny writing, you missed that that was part of like, it was like the, can I use your information during the conference, which usually means I'm going to scan your badge, which duh, you're probably going to scan my badge no matter what I say. But that one in particular, it was Ignite, and I think it was at um, Inspire also. They had these little beacons that they were attached to your badge that tracked you through the entire expo hall.
1: So do they use that for, like, booth traffic pattern analysis? I have no can idea. I imagine. mean, I don't okay. work in that part of Microsoft, obviously.
0: I would guess that's what it's for, but it was just kind of weird that I would, like, I know that somebody knows exactly where I was the in- – like at every given given moment of the conference.
1: So can you like, disable that yourself? Like, can you kind of slice into your badge and like cut that piece out? I don't it know. There's a sticky
0: works. thing onto it and I did take it off, but like, you know, it is a technology conference, feet. but not everybody may realize that that's what that is. Right. Not everybody mm-hmm. is interested in those things. And what, you know, this is the first thing they think of. I
1: just wonder um, what they're doing with it. I hope that's like, exactly like, I hope it's in, I, I mean, it could be what I think that would be makes super people. useful is, like, this is where we didn't have enough uh, water fountains and this – or, you know, water coolers, and this is where we had, like, too narrow of a hallway. I mean, I hope. No, it's probably so yeah. they can – so they can
3: analyze that and go to, like, you know – go to some sponsors and say, you know, Hey,
1: you're, but this you're isn't a, th- a first party event. So it's not sponsors. It's oh, like, it's, not it's all like booths for different projects and departments of the company.
3: Uh, it could be for gauging, gauging interest to see which, which project should continue. It's like, Hey, that one got a lot of foot traffic. We should, we should probably think about like, you know, giving them more money.
1: I feel like you can use a data point like that, but you would need it in context. Cause what if something got a lot of foot traffic because everyone hated it and went to go yell at them. Like. <laughs> Like there's lots of reasons totally true. For us with traffic. Well, you, you match that
3: up with like, you know, survey responses and blah, blah, blah. blah. I, I, I'm just. It would I, be interesting
0: I, if like, as much as I'm annoyed that it happened, it would be interesting if that was like part of one of the keynotes next year was showing yeah. off something interesting that they did with ML or something of like with that data. Like you'll notice this year when you go through the expo hall that Bottlenecks have been reduced by thir- should be reduced by thirty percent because of the data we pull. Blah, blah, you know,
1: I would yeah. appreciate that even if they called it ML. Which, by the way, I have like a search to replace in my brain for like when people say that I just replace it with like Python or something, <laughs> <It's Wow>. like, <laughs> or maybe awesome. magic. Bonus rant. Yeah,
0: um, the other thing I'd like to see more of. I saw a tweet from Sonia Gupta the other day about uh, citing your sources in talks and in blog posts. And I thought that's interesting and something that is probably not the easiest thing to do necessarily, but also not impossible and would add value, add nothing but value.
1: I actually do no. that a lot. And I make sure that I'm quoting a lot of women and I have had people, generally women notice just cause I get sick of, I also ranty pants. All right, I get sick of the same, like, Awesome three talks or whatever being quoted ad infinitum. Like there are other great yes. talks. Or the awesome blog post from whatever year. There are other awesome things. Like let's quote things that aren't by the one person everyone has already heard about. So
0: and speaking of trying to like being intentional about being inclusive and not targeting one gender or another or any kind of category. One of the things that when I, I was writing the product framing document for or the the persona. For the, the project I worked on this year, was I made sure I picked um, non-gender specific names for all oh, the personas, nice. um, and it was something that like I thought you know nobody's going to notice this. I'm doing this for me, and actually one of the project managers I was working with at Microsoft was like, I see what you did. Like sent me a, like a, a direct message and was like, I see what you did, and I super appreciate that. So like people do That's notice, amazing. even if you think that they don't. Not everybody's going awesome. to speak up about it, but it does matter.
1: Yeah, I, I, let's to more of it, Let's have more product docs all about Chris and Taylor and their adventures. <laughs> I like this plan. <laughs> all right.
3: All right. So I, I will. I will spare you all my my ranty my ranty things my ranty things about conferences that need to end. Just because we would be here the rest of the night well, if I were if I were ranting about all right, well, conference I'll give you, stuff. I'll
1: give, one, I'll give you one. pointer. one, uh, one prompt. Slide design.
3: Oh well, that's 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 a that's a that's an oldie. Please, please, if you're building your PowerPoint or Keynote or or Google's or whatever whatever like hand whittled like hand whittled like JSON thing you come up with, which that is also another that's a whole another kettle of fish. Um, you know, it might look great when you put it together on your laptop but imagine somebody in the back of a 500 seat auditorium having to read that and maybe maybe think about those font choices or putting that spreadsheet colors. in there yeah colors too yeah high contrast black and white also important to figure
0: out if you're going to be on a projector or if you're going to be on a screen
3: and also if you're standing on
2: super uns- bright video wall.
3: Or if you're gonna be standing on stage and it's gonna be it's you know a big stage and it's gonna be lit, don't shield your 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 eyes with your hand or make any comments about oh it's so bright up here.
2: <laughs> yes, we that know it's bright. Interview there, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's,
3: oh so oh, so oh, bright. Yeah, so oh bright. you know, yeah.
2: Oh, you know it's so bright.
3: Yeah. Oh. We know we know it's bright. We put we put those lights there for a reason those reasons so you can be seen because there's usually cameras involved and cameras need light so stop (laughs) complaining just don't look at the lights let's look about moving forward into 2019 and what are the things you folks are most looking forward to in 2019
0: sure uh so i'm looking forward to getting deeper into product work and learning more about like product ownership and things like that uh i'm hopefully going to get to do more speaking this year um as like part of what I do at work um which is going to be fun because I'll actually have time to do it uh, because there will be time for me to do it um I'm also looking forward to I'm going to be going down to St. Petersburg Florida in March to go play in a shuffleboard tournament um (laughs) at like the main shuffleboard club which is going to be super fun in
1: Florida are you going to be the only person there who's not geriatric
0: no so there's uh, there's actually a, no, a shuffleboard, shuffleboard club shuffleboard that has opened up in New York City and in Chicago um and like shuffleboard is way more fun than you than it shuffleboard is more fun than it deserves to be um,
2: <laughs> which is a like, pretty low bar <laughs> it is
0: but like it, it's actually super like super fun and super interesting um and I've had a ton of fun like uh, my friend Kevin Reedy has brought me into playing shuffleboard at the 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 royal palms in chicago and i actually played in the tournament in chicago and placed in placed 25th so uh out of 64 people who entered the tournament in chicago uh, i am the 25th best shuffleboarder
2: in chicago as of this year that's likely to go i'm likely to fall down that list next year (laughs) (laughs) you you didn't qualify with the number of people that entered if you just said i'm the 25th best shuffleboard player in chicago (laughs) Full stop. Yeah, but I don't feel like I deserve that, so I had to qualify it. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the things to have imposter syndrome about, Trevor.
1: I guess I'll go because mine is actually weirdly similar to Trevor's, which is I'm going to also do more product work. Um, I'm going to do more involvement with – I'm hopefully, if all goes well, going to be helping PM or Helm 3 release and just in general all of our upstream open source work uh, helping with. Um, it's, it's kind of exciting because the developers who are developing this stuff don't necessarily get a chance to talk to people across the whole ecosystem. And I've spent a lot of time talking to people across the whole ecosystem. So that's kind of nice. And in conjunction with that, I'm planning to do significantly less travel and we'll see how that goes. Joe is skeptical.
3: I am deeply skeptical about that statement. I will, I will believe it. I will believe it if we are sitting here at the end of 2019 And I am not gold pushing platinum on, on
1: Delta. (laughs) I really think every year I make diamonds on Delta. I try very hard to travel less the next year. That's the plan. So how about you, Maddie?
2: So I am looking to be more focused with my travel. This was definitely a year of going lots of places to get a feel for what were the events that would be good for pager duty. What would be the events that were good for me? Um, just getting onto a wider stage, especially because there was a lot of rebranding for me this year around, I'd been kind of more focused on software delivery and configuration management. So kind of getting more into different kind of ops. So this year I'm being more targeted uh, where I'm going still already have, I think five conferences booked for the first quarter, maybe uh, at least in the, at least six in the first half. So uh, I'm hitting my goals already. That's good. <laughs> um, my metrics. The, the other thing is I want to do more writing this year. I did an incredibly small amount of, of writing, uh, both from our own docs. Uh, we're doing a lot more at PGG with, if you've seen how we've open sourced our instant response documentation and some mm-hmm. other things, we've got a lot more of that kind of content on the way and so i'm writing some stuff about uh in the area of humane ops around burnout psychological safety and so i'm i'm gonna be spending more time doing that a lot more time blogging doing more writing is what i'm looking forward to in 2019 because that's a thing i used to like to do a lot i should do it more
1: okay i want to know what you're looking forward what what am i what am
3: i looking forward to well I, I won't say, I won't say less travel because <laughs> <'Cause you> know, <laughs> that's not going to happen, <laughs> but I I will say I'm looking forward to the things that not constantly being on a plane allows me to do like, um, actually being prepared for, for the, the fat bike race that I participated in the beginning of March, actually being ready for that and not, like almost dying on the, on the course or (laughs) feeling or feeling like I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't almost die, but I did hurl like, like (laughs) three miles into the race. Um, Like actually being, feeling like I'm physically prepared for that would be a thing. And also being able to feel like I'm prepared for my guitar lessons on Mondays where I actually make time to do that kind of stuff. Cause right now it's, it's, you know, I'm, you're I'm, getting
1: off a plane,
3: <laughs> or I'm like, or I'm getting home from work, and you make not even making sure the thing's in tune before I run off to my lesson. And did I did I touch it since I since the last lesson? Who knows? So Joe, yeah.
0: something that's been helping me immensely is I picked up a three quarters guitar. Fits in the overhead.
3: He has oh, a Martin. Backpacker. I, I have a I have a Martin backpacker that comes. That's the one I have. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. But <laughs> he doesn't bring it on the plane. Usually, not like car
3: rides. Yeah, I don't bring it on the plane just because I'm. You know, I don't check baggage when I travel. So, so I'm already I'm already bringing the maximum allowed stuff on the plane, and then some. Um, but yeah, that's just being able to like do the stuff that travel gets in the way of. Not that the travel isn't fun, but you know. The other, that other stuff is fun too.
1: What do you like to say? You're like, I go to work and I look at PowerPoint and mm-hmm. then I get on a plane and I go look at other yep. PowerPoint.
3: <laughs> yep, I look at PowerPoint professionally and then I
2: get on a plane and I go look at PowerPoint recreationally. It's <laughs> so less that. If you want to uh, check out the show notes from this episode, go to ArrestedDevOps.com slash 2018 in review. Uh, you can also on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter if you want. I honestly can't remember the last time that I sent one out. So you can rest assured that we won't spam you. (laughs) Um, We do occasionally send them. And so go ahead and sign up for the newsletter if you want. Uh, If you go to arrestdevops.com slash iTunes, leave us a review in the iTunes store. That actually does make it easier for other people to find the show. And you never know, we might read your review on the podcast.
0: (laughs) When was the last time we did that?
2: When someone wrote a review that I noticed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the that I noticed is...
2: Yeah, I think I think the last time that we we read a review on the show, Trevor was the one that Ducey wrote the joke one that he wrote about us and two chimps and a mic. <laughs> That's how it was how yeah. was the title of the review. So,
1: well, on that note,
2: on
3: that note, I'm Joe
2: at Joe Lehe.
1: I'm Bridget at Bridget Crumhout. I'm
2: Trevor at Trevor G Hess, and I'm Maddie at Matt Stratton. We're Arrested DevOps,
1: and remember.
2: There's always DevOps in the banana stand.